Are you serious? I cannot tell you the sexual revolution that happened after that performance yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm... like an eruption. <laughs> California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens. This is episode three of season two of our OC rewatch journey. My name is Ryan Drake, coming to you from the wonderful state of Oklahoma. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts that I will be leaning on heavily tonight. Um, I would like to begin by saying hello to the Zane to my Harry. Of course, I'm talking about Dylan Irwin. Dylan, hello. How are you? You know, notwithstanding uh, that reference, which I gave you the idea for off mic, because Ryan takes all nope. of my ideas. I am the idea man. But notwithstanding that, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm happy to see you. Um, you have not yet uh, turned into a full lizard, despite the fact you're now fully vaccinated. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, we are a pro-vax podcast here. Sorry, Governor Stitt. But I am um, I'm feeling great, man. Not as great as you, but feeling great. It's actually pretty funny because uh, right now you can very faintly see the Microsoft logo slowly etching on Ryan's head. Next week, it's going to be like a forehead tat. I'm going to be like, it's a joke, though, guys. And you're going to be like, is it a joke, though? <laughs> that voice that you heard is, of course, the the star, the breakout star of this podcast, all the way from Dulce, Oklahoma, the helium queen herself, gracing us with her presence, Chelsea Trinidad. Hello. What can I say, you guys? I just have all the good ideas. I was just telling them about the um, sex riot that occurred in my living room yesterday <laughs> due to Harry Styles' uh, hip gyrations and his mm-hmm. uh, feather boa choreography. I, he can lasso me with that baby anytime he wants. What is this sex riot that you're talking about? Because So was it just you and Alex? Yeah, it was just us two. Who was the primary rioter? Well, definitely me, but Alex was here for it too he was rather enjoying it and he suggested he'd be harry styles for halloween so we were all kind of enjoying anyone who says that they are a straight zero or straight six on the uh, kinsey scale is just full shit i just learned what the kinsey scale was oh really you know what's weird is that as i was watching these episodes that we're about to get into i was thinking that like they're the hot they're like the two hottest people like mm-hmm. they are so like watching olivia wilde in these oc episodes it's just like She's so hot. And to know that she's with, like, the hottest guy, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm it's, here like, it. explosive. Like, it's frustrating because we all adore Jason Sudeikis so much. But, like, I, I don't know. I don't I've know. heard some – we don't need to get into it. We can save this for a bonus episode. But I've heard some not great things about Jason Sudeikis. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. Ooh. The only <laughs> thing I found kind of cringe is – do you remember when everyone was doing the ice bucket challenge? The what challenge? Do you remember the ice bucket challenge for um, oh, yeah. ALS? Oh, we cured ALS. Um, I <laughs> – I, I remember like Mitt Romney or someone like challenged him, which was like kind of it's like kind of a funny and awkward thing to happen. But like, I mean, Mitt Romney, when it comes to like politicians, like he's far from the most problematic one out there. Like, you know what Fellow I mean? Kids. Like, it's it's Mitt Romney. Like what? You know, he's just like a happy Mormon dude. And Jason Jacobs was kind of like, I don't know, it was kind of weird about it. Like he could have just like taken it like a champ and been like, yeah, I'll do it. That's cool. Mitt Romney asked me, ha ha. But he was kind of like, for some reason, the former Republican president nominee, it was like, <clears throat> dude, you have no chill. Just like, you know, just raise money for ALS and don't be like kind of a jackass. I don't know. If you're keeping score at home, 
in the past two weeks, we've now referenced uh, John Kerry and Mitt Romney on this podcast. <laughs> and John Edwards. And John Edwards. Yeah, we're very uh, we're and very Kevin topical. Stitt. I don't know why. I don't know why people think that like we're old and why we think people why Harry Styles wouldn't love us. We're very topical and young. Hey, I'm younger than Olivia uh, Olivia Wilde, but I'm That's not near wild. not nearly as hot, unfortunately. She says as she quaffs her hair to the side, so it's laying perfectly. Yes, I like. I just adjusted myself. All right, we we need to move. <laughs> we need to move through this episode. <sighs> um, we are recapping and discussing episodes five and six of season two of the OC. Um, shall we? Shall we dive into it? Let's do it. Hell so yeah. we will begin with episode number five, the Snow Sea. Dylan, what do we need to know? The Snow Sea originally aired on December 9th, 2004 to ooh, 6.36 million viewers. And it was written by John Stevens, who also wrote 13 episodes. So I don't know. He wrote 13 episodes of this show. This was his first one. And he also wrote 13 episodes of Gotham. So I don't know what that means. But anyway, do you want to know about the episode, guys? Love to. What if we were just like, nah, let's call it and just release nah, this. That's let's it. Move on. I would be so... I would be so mad because I spent so much time, also known as 45 seconds before we started mm. recording, um, writing this. So, <clears throat> uh-oh, everyone. Uh-oh, everyone. What would you do if your daughter was at home, crying all alone on the bedroom floor doing physics, and the mm-hmm. only way to feed her is to accept under-table money from Caleb Nickel, then get indicted? <laughs> it may not be snowing, but there certainly are flurries of drama. It's time for the Snow Sea Winter Dance, and who will ask who? Marissa? Summer? Seth? DJ, Ryan, Lindsay, other names? Wow. So get off the wall, you wallflowers, and don't forget to leave room for Jesus. Let's boogie. Wow, I feel like we're going to have to owe royalties to City High now for this. Oh, yeah, well, it's because I, I didn't sing it, I think we're fine. Um, don't sue me, please. But anyway, so as I said, it's the Snow Sea, guys. It is a winter dance. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I'm not sure how this timeline works though because i think in a previous episode school had like just started but all of a sudden it's winter and it's time for a winter dance immediately but i don't want to think too much about it instead i want to talk about something that i find very problematic and it's this opening scene where everyone is going to school and the snow sea is happening and you know that because they say snow sea like 18 times there's a sign that comes up called snow sea and my question is in retrospect, thinking as a character in show, is it weird to you that you're calling a winter naming a winter dance after the county in which your school resides? You're getting very nuanced right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, this it, is it, like way off. Tr- like, what? We're going to start our podcast with this conversation. <laughs> yes, we are. We are, and I think it's it's weird. a reference to the place that they live, so it's not that weird. Yeah, anymore. and or it's is a, a reference play to the words. show. Wow, this lighting is very flattering right now. Off the rails. So we started. You started this. I know. I I did. (laughs) I did. It's okay, though. So anyway, um, it's the snow sea. We clearly know this. And as I said in the intro that I spent weeks writing, the question is, who's going to ask who? Who's going to go on a date with who? What's going to happen? We know um, summer is worried about this we know marissa's worried about this we know ryan's worried and assess worried um because as you remember we had some interesting double date nonsense going on in the last episode where ryan 
yeah, Ryan ended up with Lindsay at the bus stop, despite the fact she drives. Still confused about that. And Seth got kissed by Harry Styles' girlfriend. So the big deal for Marissa is she's trying to figure out if she wants to take DJ. Um, DJ. I think she has an issue with whether or not she wants to bring a yard guy to a dance, which is problematic in and of itself. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight and don't bring a yard guy to a school formal. (laughs) That is what they say. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's the biggest question because... Um, Julie Cooper is actually going to be one of the chaperones. So Julie has all of a sudden in these episodes, I guess, completely flipped and is now very anti-DJ. And we'll find out later is very pro-Ryan, I guess, because as Marissa says it, there's finally someone out there who she hates more than Ryan. But um, I found that very troubling and very interesting. But do you all remember this anxiety about who you're going to ask to a dance? Yes, it was the absolute biggest thing in the world. Which I feel like kind of it reflects how we watch this show. Because as yeah. we'll get into it later in the second episode. But like in the second episode, there's all this drama. There's all this family drama. Like we find out all the stuff about Lindsay. But like as I'm watching it as an adult again, I'm going, oh my God, that's such a big fucking deal. I understand Kirsten and Lindsay. But at like the time I was watching it, I was just like, okay, but what does this mean for Seth and Summer? Are they going to date or not? Like that's all you care about when you're a kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, I mean, I think that it's a good sign that we all had a lot of anxiety to it. I mean, Dylan fucking asked uh, Hillary Duff to the prom. And I, got, I got denied like Ryan Atwood. Well, I did not get asked to my senior prom. I did <gasps> not get asked to my uh, sophomore homecoming. I didn't get asked to hardly anything. It, it was really, it was kind of a weird thing because like, I'm a pretty friendly person, and I was, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, like, reasonable. normal. Well, I was, like, reasonably, like, popular, and, like, I, you know, there was just, like, no reason yeah. for, like. holding on. Chelsea's holding on to some ish, some anger. I am. It, it really <laughs> fucked me up. Actually, it was funny, because my, like. It really fucked me I, up. Well, okay, I didn't get asked a prom, and it was kind of, like, big drama, but it, it was stupid because, like, the chain broke down. Like, there was this one guy who everyone, we, like, hung out all the time. We were, like, talking or whatever, whatever it's called when um, he's about to go to an Ivy League and I'm about to go to OU, so we don't want to, like, start something up. But I kind of, you know, did the chain thing, like, told his friends, like, hey, yeah, yeah, I just, like, yeah, John, John's going to, like, tell John to, like, ask me to prom or whatever. And I don't know what happened. Power Somehow move. the chain broke down. So it's like right before prom and I don't have a date. And he doesn't have a date. And I he didn't still didn't ask me. He took some girl from another school that he barely knew. Whatever. For whatever reason, I don't know. It got all messed up. Sorry, you're gonna cut all this out, Ryan. But like Boy, was, Chelsea is fine. She's totally fine. She's, I'm totally she's, everything's fine good. About this yeah, she's, uh, I do not still have anger about this. I do not She definitely anger. didn't need to get that off of her chest at all and tell us about it. It's just I mean it's it's very it's definitely traumatic. not been on her mind for the last fourteen years. Man. It's very traumatic to be like to just not get asked to prom. That's like so sad and embarrassing. But like I didn't get asked to prom. I didn't get asked to homecoming. This is all very relevant because it's like the snow. Like that's an experience that everyone can relate to. Is just the dances and the anxiety surrounding oh, it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, thank you for listening show. to the podcast. Um, so guess, we go back to the yeah. Yeah, go ahead. like oh, I, I guess I mean let's talk about so Ryan asked Lindsay to the prom. Like what happens? Yeah. So we're we're jump we're we're jumping a little bit. I want I want to talk. <laughs> Chelsea <on>. wants. <laughs> 
Chelsea wants so bad to move on. I know. So, no, Chelsea like, spent 20 minutes talking about her glee club. And she's like, now can we move on, Dylan? What happened in the episode? Oh, my yeah, god! What happened? So I want to talk. I want to go through the entire story. I'm not going to do the organized sections. So we have Sandy. Enter Sandy. The the ethical, brilliant, wonderful enter Sandy. Sandman. Enter Enter Sandman. I wish we I would have said episode, that. We got a name for the podcast. I know, I know you're not going to edit it to make it sound that I said like I said that. So it's okay. Anyway, Enter Sandman, and he is now, as we know, working full time for Caleb, and Caleb is dodging his calls, um, which is not ideal in an attorney-client relationship. Um, but one thing that Sandy has started doing that I hate is the ethical, like, like North star of this show has straight up said, I don't care. I'm going to be unethical. I want to find out who this, who this mysterious woman is. He's done this multiple times now where he, he, I remember when he talked to the DA at the golf course when he was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, if it's, if I see him by accident, then it's not unethical. And he does the same thing here where he's like, well, if I just go Mm -hmm. find Renee out without outside of a courtroom, then we just randomly run into each other. Then it's fine. Yeah. Which it's funny because like if he legitimately did just run into her and had a conversation with her unrelated to the case, it'd be fine. But he straight up just said, okay, here's the plan. And that's what makes it bad. I don't like this unethical Sandy. The only important thing to remember is that Sandy is being a little bit weird and Caleb's not answering his calls. Now, let's go to Ryan and Lindsay. So Ryan decides, you know, there were some sparks flying at that bus stop. I mean, who hasn't felt that? You know, sparks at the bus stop. And he determines that uh, he's going to ask Lindsay to the dance. And Lindsay gets really weird and says something that I feel like someone would say to me um, in, mm-hmm. in, in high school, which is, we're lab partners. I don't. I'm worried that if something bad happens, that would really she affect said, We're us. lab partners. How awkward would it be if we broke up? Yes. So, and she, and so he's like, so you want to be friends? He's like, yeah, if we're friends, then we can be, then now we can just be friends forever. It's too much. It it's is weird. It's, it's so it's, weird. It's, it's some babysitter's club nonsense, but he just goes with it and he's like, okay, fine. On to the well, next I will one. say like, based on what you've already said about Sandy, like Sandy has like a weird stuff going on in this episode. Zach and Lindsay, both who I really enjoyed last week. Zach and Lindsay both do kind of a flip in this episode where I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Why are they acting the way that they're acting? It's the snow sea, man. There's just something in the air. It's snow season. It's snow season. No, that didn't make sense. Please cut that out. You're not going to. You're not going to cut it out. Oh, gosh. Okay. Anyway, so now let's go to Marissa's house um, because it's a it's a well, actually, yeah, you're right. First, we go to Marissa's house where she meets DJ who wants to take her to lunch, which based on uh, what we see in the next shot, lunch doesn't involve a whole lot some of food. Lunchtime, some lunchtime cunnilingus. Yes, yeah, some afternoon oh, delight, oh, oh. if you will. Um, so they watermelon go. Watermelon sugar. Yep, which <laughs> is not heroin. So they go and um, and they, <laughs> and they, uh, they do their thing, which according. I want Dylan to have a list of things that are not heroin next week. <laughs> um, cat food. But so, so they're making out and they're, they're like, um, like, like mid coitus almost, or whatever the Mm. Latin, whatever the Latin for, uh, for, for heavy petting is. I didn't take Latin. They're kissing. Um, kissing. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. I will say something about this episode that I hate is every single time people kiss, they kiss so noisily. There's a lot of the like. Yeah, they, and they go in like they're like they're eating a taco, where it's yeah. like they open their mouth first. They do that weird TV taco kissing. Like, Seriously, oh. look for it next TV time you watch taco it, everyone. Kissing. 
I feel like Seth the is the AS, worst. This is the ASMR portion of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea's Chelsea makes no. weird, gross kissing noises into the microphone. Oh, I hate it, noises. bro. Why do they? Why do they not mute that out? It makes me so mad. It's gross. If Ryan edited that show, it wouldn't have those sounds. It wouldn't, and so it would just have. Uh, yeah, it would just have the Who in the background. <laughs> the constantly. That episode is brilliant. If y'all haven't listened to it, why are you listening to this one? But go back and listen to it again. Help us up, pump up that can algorithm. I just say, can I just say? I laughed so hard. I know we're off track. I laughed so hard when I did that because it's like the Marissa scream over the Who song, and but like the thing that made me laugh so hard was the lyrics immediately following that. Is <laughs> is, is is it Roger Daltrey? Yeah, it's going. Meet the new boss. <laughs> I was just thinking about Marissa the whole time. But we, 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 there's also this really kind of like, I don't know, ambient sound that was disconcerting because you had the major key that was going on in the Who song and then the but music then the minor from the OC. Key of the music episode, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's almost like a, it's a it, was, it was horrifying. I was like an Ari Aster movie, which I feel like I mention Ari Aster in every podcast. You talk anyway. about Ari Aster more, you, you talk about that one movie with the piano wire so frequently. I know you want to get back. I know you want to keep talking about Ari Aster, but let's keep let's keep it on track here. Let's go back to the episode. So, yeah, um, DJ and Marissa are kissing, um, the taco kissing. They're taking off clothes, and of course, no adults in this show know how to knock. So Julie Cooper walks right in and has one of my favorite quotes of the episode. She goes, "The yard guy," and then there's uh, there's some anger there, and Marissa decides that she is going to be really rebellious. Marissa, she's going to bring back that scream energy that she had earlier this season. And she's going to, you know, st- stand up to her mom. And they both walk out. She starts ordering DJ around, like, come on, let's go. And uh, Julie gives one of her patented trademark stares and a, you stay away from hers. So that's what's going on with them. Um, anything else that's important in that situation, aside from the fact that, how do you, how are you feeling about this relationship? Do you think DJ is good for her? I think DJ is good. I don't think he's good for her. I don't think anyone's good mm. for her. She needs to not be with anybody. Yeah, I like but I think that he's shown that he's like a considerate, like very stable guy. Like, I mean, I think he's good for her in that regard. Also, at this point, Julie Cooper has lost. I mean, I love Julie. She's maybe my favorite character, but she's also just lo- completely lost any and all power she's had over anyone at this point. When even DJ, yeah. the yard guy, is just like, what? She's like, Lee, stay away from her. And he's just like, no, basically. Like, yeah. no one cares what she. Yeah. So, uh, bait shop time. So Seth, I guess school's out now, um, and Seth is going to the bait shop to work. And he, of course, um, walks into an amazing musical cue of uh, Good Night and Go by Imogen Heap, which is a very good song and is often overlooked because Hide and Seek is overplayed. Um, but Seth walks wow. in, does it. Uh, see, if I, if I sneak the hot takes in, it's harder for Ryan to edit them out. So he walks in and he thinks there's something going on, of course, with him and Harry Styles' uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, that's she's she's cool. You know, she's really cool. I mean, she's dating Harry Styles, and so she's, she's like, cool. "I just kiss, I kiss everybody. It's just a kiss. It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss." I knew that's Ryan was a- going to say that, and so I had to say it first. Also, that's such a good move, though. I love the move on her part because you know that Seth is being very anxious and, like, he immediately thinks that they're, like, in a relationship now. And she's like, I cannot let this happen, so I need to go the opposite direction and prove to him how much we're not in a relationship by making out with random people in front of him. Yes. And I love it. Yeah, it that's means- a, yeah. I mean, I feel like when I was in college, me and my friends used to be like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if you made out with so-and-so? Like, yeah, it would be funny. And then you go make out with him. Maybe I was just really fun in college. I don't know, but... 
Man, yeah, but Tulsa. you didn't do that. Tulsa you didn't do that. You. And think that like, and then that guy didn't think, oh my god, I can't believe I'm with Chelsea now. No, definitely not. <laughs> I did not think, oh, or if a guy got really drunk and kind of love bombed me, I wouldn't be like, oh. <laughs> what is love? Wait, a hold on. What's, what's love bomb? Do you just mean say I love Dylan, you? Dylan, that's so sweet. You've never been manipulated. Oh, that's so cute. No, it's it's when you're like at the bar or whatever, you're at a party and the guy's just totally zeroed in on you. He has his arms all over you. He's not paying attention to anyone else. He's just like very over the top public displays of affection. But like, you know, whenever it's a weird time to Basically, do that, very early in a, the relationship. It's how a guy can can make a girl feel like she's special and then ditch her as soon as he's done with her, basically. Yeah. Is is so is the actual bomb itself like dudes just I'm so confused about this love bomb thing because it literally it sounds like some kind of creepy You can finish this sentence if you want, but I'm gonna edit it out either way. I no, okay, but I'm I'm like legitimately curious. I've never heard of this. So is let's just what guys like, I love you so much. Is that the love bomb? No, they don't just say I love attention? you. They just pay a shit ton of attention to you. See, I've okay, now we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into okay, it. Okay, yeah. I've always felt I've always felt like it's kind of more than it's like it's not just a girl you meet at a bar and like hug a lot or something. It's like <laughs> someone that you string it's basically someone that you string along for like for like more than just one night. Like it's someone that you make feel really like you text her. Like the army hammer thing, like he yeah, love bombs yeah, yeah, yeah. hard. He okay, makes girls that's, feel that's very special. Yeah. He makes girls feel like they're the only girl for him and then like he fucks them and then just kind of th- throws them away. Basically. I went to 747 last night and I hugged so many girls, dude. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, Ryan said it better. I just like don't let it escalate past that point. So that's why I was kind of just talking about like a one night thing because normally when that would happen to me, it was because I was really drunk too and kind of horned up and was like, oh, sneaking out with this guy in front of everyone. 747 sounds like a great idea right now. So Man. that's where it stopped. The buck stopped there because oh. you know. But Seth moved in way. Seth moved way too quickly in his assumptions of his relationship with Harry Styles' girlfriend. He did, and, and Harry Styles' girlfriend pays him back by saying it was only a kiss. She then, as a seventeen-year-old, kisses a grown man named Homer. Um, the beer Homer guy. does okay, but Homer, to his to his credit, plays plays the part well, where he just goes thanks and like walks away because he knows it's nothing. Yeah, and yeah. he knows that if he reacts, he could potentially be uh, indicted. And then next up, uh, Mandy is kissed, who's a girl, and that's very, you know, girls kissing girls. What's what's this? What's going on here? This is the first we've seen of it. And it was so, a little taboo for 04, I guess. Yeah, Seth completely has a meltdown, as Seth is prone to do, and that's what happens at the bait shop. Um, so next up, we have, we get back to Ryan. Of course, first we get back to Seth, who is in full-on spiral mode talking to Ryan about it, which of course he always does. And they see Marissa, who is carrying, back at the school, who is carrying way too much stuff for one person to be carrying, and not carrying it in a very responsible way. Everything looks like it's about to fall. And so Ryan gets roped into helping. And by gets roped in, I mean Seth does the thing like he did with the Christmas tree, where he says, hey, you need some help, and then gives it to Ryan and then leaves. But this is fun Ryan, though. We get like fun, kind of carefree Ryan here, where he's carrying the giant penguin. Yeah, that's like fun him and Marissa scene. It kind of reminds you of why they worked, you know, together in the the first season. And I've got to say, I feel like her uh, mid-Atlantic accent was like at an 11 in this episode, because I specifically wrote down... It's the penguin I'm worried about. It's very expensive. It's the penguin I'm worried about. He's very expensive. Oh. We need less to create this. Yeah, I, sh- I don't know where she is. She said something like, I can't handle you, and then just left. So I don't she, know. She's divorcing you right now. That's it's why fine. we're stalling so much for this it's, episode. Oh my gosh, I knew. Am I being punked? I want to I show... <laughs> 
I want to show like punked, but with process servers. I think that would be great. Okay. Anyway, so um, I just want to say it'd be hilarious if she served you divorce papers and you're just like, oh, where's Ashton Kutcher? What's going on? And she's like, no, this is real. You know, if we got it on the podcast and that could help our number. No, I'm kidding. If, if, if Leslie left me, I would become a shell of myself, which I'm pretty much all shell right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of shell. But so Ryan is playing with a <laughs> quite with <the> totally. penguin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ryan, Ryan and, and and Marissa are carrying the penguin, and um, of course, because this is the OC, Seth and Lindsay see this happening, and Lindsay is kind of starting to regret her decision, and Seth gives her some sage or not so sage advice, which is you know you have to go for it. Um, so that's where we leave Seth and Lindsay, and. So Seth, of course, does that thing that he does where he wants to talk to people about something and he has no one else to talk to. So he goes uh, to Marissa or excuse me. Wow. No. He goes to Summer. That's not what he's doing either. I don't feel like I don't believe that's what he was doing. I don't believe he's going to Summer for actual girl advice. He went to Summer because that's what you do whenever you're in that situation is you want her to know that like I'm really into this girl and she doesn't like me. Like I'm sad about another girl. Like I've moved on. Is yeah. what I felt like he was trying to do here. And so he he is kind of he's he's doing the two for one, which is making her jealous, but also potentially getting advice because he even does that feigning. Oh, I don't know if I should tell you this. Oh, it's weird. Which the second you say that you've got to tell someone something or else that's mm-hmm. that's weird. You don't want to do that. So they sit down in one of those really nice uh, round uh, benches like they have at the at the Mont and they talk for a while. About um, about what exactly is going on, and there's some drama going on in the background that I neglected to mention at the outset, which is Zach is kind of really getting sick of this banter and this obvious flirting between uh, Seth and Summer, and so he's already on edge um, about what's going on, and he of course sees them talking and playing, and like she playfully hits him on the head um, with a magazine, and and so he's he's kind of had enough with what's going on. Which okay, but this goes back on his part. Okay, but I also think that like this is weird. We're getting to weird Zach now because we've seen Zach in the past just be like this very strong dude that's just like, hey, if it's not if it's you and him, it's you and him, whatever. Just let me know. Like he's very secure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now for him to just be like still in this relationship, even though he know, like I'm, I'm surprised he didn't just immediately walk up to them and go, hey, this is weird. I we should break up because clearly you're not as into me as you are him, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like the fact that he let this draw out for so long is so I feel like contradictory to the Zach we got to know in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that's not mm-hmm. my Zach. So well, it's almost um, like he is, you know, conscientious of okay, maybe like it's like he's playing it two different ways. Like he goes in being like I'm going to be like a really altruistic kind of person. And he tried that, hoping things would get better, and it didn't. And now he's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, this is bullshit. Like, moving along, you know? Yeah. I, I also really appreciated that during the conversation between Seth and Summer, we had like our third or fourth callback to an episode one Summer line. Whenever Seth is like, what is Alex doing? And he said, oh, she said, oh, she's playing you hot and cold. And you've just been hot this entire time. Which... I mean, Chelsea, maybe you can offer some insight, but I've always thought that was a really weird kind of thing to talk about when it comes to men and women, which is mm-hmm. like the only way a girl is going to pay attention to you. It's like, it reminds me of negging. Like, I never understood that. I have done a lot of like reflection in this area. I don't, it's not, I don't think it's negging. I think there's a, definitely a fine line between you can't be too anxious. You can't do what Seth did to Alex. Like he was way too much too he quickly. He was too much of an eager, eager beaver. But at the same time, I've never been one to like play games or like 
you know, ghost people and then come back. Like, that's never been my style. Except, well, I'll get to... <laughs> I'll get Uh-oh. to some of my my games earlier, but that was very different than what we're talking about. I just feel like there is a, there's definitely a line between, like you have to like it's something I've learned a lot, especially as you get older. Is like you can't be too eager, and even if even if you want to be, like you need to reel it in. And I know the I know the antithesis of that is everyone saying, "Well, just do what you want, be yourself." That's how you know it's the right person or whatever. But that's not always true. Like you can be too much too quickly easily and so yeah. if that's the case there's a difference between playing them hot and cold and playing games and just being like i need to reel it in a little bit and let them live their life a little bit and then kind of just we'll figure it out mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so that's where we leave the kids we briefly go back to uh to uh sandman and sandman is talking again to miss wheeler he just happens to be outside of her lawyer's office which come on dude don't do that and she does a very good job of saying, you know, don't talk to me without my lawyer present. You'll be hearing from my lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I feel like Sandy kind of gets a little bit of information by just, you know, simply bringing up Caleb um, and and just kind of feeling her out a little bit to see where she, you know, where she uh, where she is in the whole situation. But uh, still uh, not very ethical, um, not very a big fan of it. I kind of blocked out a whole lot of the unethical Sandy stuff. So instead, I want to go back to school. Um, and I want to talk about Lindsay and Ryan. So the awkward situation now is that because Lindsay rejected Ryan, Ryan agreed to go with Marissa to the snow sea as friends, as friends, friends. Yeah. As, as friends, just as, you know, just as fans. And so this is kind of what I didn't get. We know that Ryan is, is all about Lindsay and Lindsay, we think is at least kind of about Ryan, especially after she asks him this. And she says, okay, I've decided, yes, I'm going to go with you to the snow sea. And Ryan just straight up says, ooh, sorry, I'm not going to. I already have a prior commitment that I just made maybe five minutes ago. Like, right. I feel like, and maybe. You could have easily said, okay, and then told Marissa, hey, we're friends, and I can't go with you now. Yeah, it's like, we'll all be there, but yeah. I have an actual date. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like it. I don't know. I, I didn't really buy that. I thought it was a little bit Well, the whole weird. thing is just Lindsay being weird. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, her and Zach both now have just been, like... Like, for her to, for her within a 10-minute span of the episode to go, like, oh, no, we shouldn't go. Let's just be lab partners and friends. And then 10 minutes later, like, oh, I've changed my mind. We should go be together. It's just like, what the fuck happened? Like, we don't see her changing her mind. We don't know why she changed her mind. I guess we're led to believe that she's just, like, afraid, but... Yeah, or, like, she sees him flirting with... Yeah, he sees her... They're not even flirting. They're just having, like, a good exchange, and she gets kind (laughs) of jealous. They're just talking like normal humans, Mm -hmm. and she gets jealous of that. But I I will say that. I love Lindsay, but I I really didn't like how there is just... There's such an entitled presumption that comes with her just sitting down and going, yes, to the conversation that we had hours ago that you might not remember. It's like, "Mm, come on. But so that's that's what's going on with with the the the, the Ryan triangle. Now I want to go to the summer triangle. So summer um, gets with Zach says, hey, don't forget to buy tickets for the snow sea. And Zach says, uh, yeah, I can't go. I have family stuff. Yeah, which, Zach's being weird. Like Zach's yeah. being an asshole. I feel like mm-hmm. it re- it reeks of Greg Brady. Something suddenly came up. Nonsense. Something suddenly came up. 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 Oh my god. Um, so I am. What I a am reference. Not, we are a big I, Brady Bunch reference pod. <laughs> I am not. I am not here for it. 
<laughs> so um, we go back to Seth to just totally complete this this circle of misfortune. And he is not only playing Alex cold, he's like Iceman cold. And he walks in dressed. He did a, good, he did a mostly good job, I thought. Yeah, but he's dressed, first of all, he's dressed way too nicely um, to be the guy cleaning toilets at the bait shop. He's wearing a long sleeve collared shirt and jeans. And he starts kind of cleaning up, doing a good job, you know, like Ryan said, of, of, of playing it cool. I will say he's playing it cool, not cold at first, cool. But then he just decides, you know what? No, hey, I don't have time for this job anymore, so I'm going to quit my job. So he so just goes, he goes sub-zero. He goes straight to sub-zero. And he quits his he job. He quit his job over a girl that he kissed once. Yes. And yeah. so he's gone. He leaves and um, completely, you know, completely went overboard, but that's kind of par for the course. So... Mm-hmm. Now we are back at the house. It's the night of the dance. We're excited to see that Ryan has finally learned how to tie a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his big baggy early uh, early aughts um, dress shirt on. Boy, yeah, they don't know how to wear suits in the early aughts. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's uh, it's 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 big sale sale energy. And um, Seth didn't go. Ellie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what we like to call a homonym, kids. Yep. So we uh, see Seth, and Seth is sitting down um, watching a kung fu movie. Kung fu movie. So now that's another quirk of Seth's that we learn about is that he not only likes to play um, Dynasty Warriors, but he also likes to uh, watch kung fu movies, which reminds me. There's a Dynasty Warriors movie coming out now, apparently. So um, I like to think that the Halo effect is very broad from the OC, and it is reaching, and we are hopefully going to get uh, more... um, Chinese listeners, so shout out to China. Hello. Uh, speaking of reaching. My people. <laughs> but Seth doesn't want to go. He quit his job. Um, no one wants to go with him. Summer is going uh, with Zach, or so he thinks. And so he's sitting watching his kung fu movie, and we have just an amazing parenting moment uh, from Sandy and Kirsten. Um, as uh, as I think it's Sandy says, never underestimate a parent's ability to mortify their child. And they mm-hmm. just start sitting really close to him, asking all of the obnoxious questions, and uh, they convince him through uh, sheer mortification that he is going to need to go to the dance. So he does. He manages to get ready, I think, in five minutes, which, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then they, um, they go ahead and leave. They decide that they are going to go to, uh, to the dance. And Well, Marissa is also convinced. So Zach's not going. Marissa convinces Summer that she needs to go with her and Ryan. Yes, and we get an amazing So the four line. of them are going together as friends. Yes, yeah, so before... And- Summer finds out that Seth is going as kind of another, and they inadvertently are a, are a forple again, the Fab Four. Uh, we get another. We get an amazing line from Summer where does that she's, become a commune once you're in a foursome? I'm not sure. Or a, a spe- polycule. A polycule. Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, of communes and polycules, we have an amazing line from Summer where she says, "I'm like, I'm just going to come along as a third wheel, like the homely cousin from Iowa." <laughs> um, which was a very niche reference, and I don't even know what it means, but um, but I absolutely loved it. Um, then she opens the door, and of course, uh, Seth is there, Zach is not there, Summer's there, and so what do you know? It's the way things were all over again. So how did you all feel about that? Did you feel excited that the four pole was back? The commune had returned well, from you've the left fields? Well, you've left out my favorite scene of the episode, which is right here, whenever they're going to the dance and they're in the car driving 
and it's the four of them. Like it's when, it's when Summer and Marissa find out that at one of the people Alex kissed was a girl, and they're all just like, and they're Marissa all like, says, what? Like, this feels like old times, right? She says mm-hmm. that. And this uh, scene had my musical moment of the episode, which was a song by Phoenix called Run, Run, Run. Uh, Phoenix as fucking just one of my probably five favorite bands for most of my life. I this... fucking love Phoenix. I don't really even remember them being yeah. on the OC until I saw this episode and I heard that song in the background. I was like, holy shit. I forgot Phoenix has been a band for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fucking love Phoenix. And I love that scene. And I love that that song was in that scene. I can't believe that this was your music moment of the episode and not the next song that they play. But yeah, it was kind of a funny moment. <laughs> they're all like kikiing and they're just like, oh my God, what? She she kissed someone in front of you? She kissed a girl in front of you? Like, that's just a really that's fun scene. That's outrageous. Girls kissing? What? Um, it it, it reminded pre, me of something. This was pre-Katie's Perry's America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was something that you would, it was the same kind of conversation you would have with four of your friends. But they entered the dance, and it kicks off with a song by The Faint, Desperate Guys. Did you guys go through a faint phase in your life? I, no. I went through a phase where I fainted a lot because I wasn't getting enough nutrients. Um, Dylan, I feel like I tried to make you go to a faint concert with me in college. Or am I making that up? You let's pretend. Let's say yes. Let's say yes. I, um, let's just say yes. Let's just let's just do it. I'm, I, I'm all about reinventing myself. That's I love I love the faint so much. Like especially during that era. So I don't even know. Like 2005 through um, 2000 and whatever nine. I mean, I listened to them constantly. And, uh, you know, we were talking about me and how stunned I was that no one asked me to prom. But I was rather popular in the MySpace world, if you will. The emo boys were kind of my meat. Dated this guy, literally uh, met him at a battle. Met him at the... Oh, I guess it sounded gross. I didn't mean it like that. Um, I feel objectified. I was in a battle of the bands and he was like the lead singer of this band and he like saw me in the crowd and then like found me on MySpace and like sent me but a The message. guy from The Faint? No, 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 no. Just oh. a guy, like an, an emo guy in Tulsa I was into. And then there, another one happened very similarly. And weirdly enough, I've run into both of them at Whole Foods in the last couple of years. They both work there. So every time I go into Whole Foods, I'm like, oh, all That's my it. exes live at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, I that's such emo I used, energy. I know. I used to do this thing though. Whenever I would ghost guys on MySpace, I would kind of like back off a little bit and not really say anything. And then I would and then always, change your song to I something that was very passive aggressive. Desperate guys. Oh my gosh! I did I that knew twice. That's where this was going. I did that twice. Oh my gosh! <sighs> we're learning a lot moment. about we're learning a lot that's about a Chelsea this episode. That's a flex. I respect yeah. that move. My origin yeah. story. Yeah, I was one of those. Wow, Chelsea's totally fine. She's over it, guys. She's not <laughs> She's not holding on to it. There is some. She definitely I, hasn't brought it up even more times than I've edited out of the podcast. Welcome to Armchair Expert with Ryan and Dylan. So tell us about your wow. trauma. This is intense. Whatever. It worked out. Man, this is intense. I had a little therapy session. <laughs> So speaking of therapy sessions, before we dive into the dance, I want to talk about Caleb's visit with Sandy. So Caleb shows up. Um, he's been unreachable, and he doesn't think anything's weird about that. So he just shows up um, at Sandy's house. They go and they talk in, um, in, in the backyard about kind of the situation. We find out that Caleb had a child with Ms. Wheeler. Um, they had an affair, and she got pregnant. Um, I think, I think it was like, well, it only happened once, but kids, all it takes is one time. 
And turns out it happened exactly 16 years ago. And he's been paying money. And so the wheels are kind of starting to turn, I feel like, in Sandy's head and in everyone's the head. The wheelers are starting to turn. The, wheel- ah! the wheelers are starting to turn. So we have, okay, a woman with red hair 16 years ago. I wonder what's going to come of this. But we don't find out yet because we are at the dance, which is incredibly dedicated, impeccably, um, not dedicated, decorated. Mm-hmm. It looks like what I imagine a, um, a Jinx high school dance would look like. Um yeah. Lots of uh, lots of decorations. I do love that that's part of the show now. Is like there's this incredible, fucking amazing layout for this high school dance, and Marissa's just like, "Oh yeah, I did this," but like we don't see any of that. We like it's never come up. It's part like you know what I mean. Like she, mm-hmm. she had Ryan carry a penguin, and that's it. Yeah. But like we're just led to believe that like oh Marissa did all of this off screen. I guess. Yeah. I, it's just it's ridiculous, and I feel like was this like one of the first? No, she also does the kickoff carnival. So 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 far she's had a pretty good track record with with decorating school functions. Um, I'm not exactly sure what she does. Is, does she have an army of people as social chair? Or is she just doing all this herself? She has people because remember in season three Taylor takes over her spot for a minute, so we see Taylor running the meeting. That is true. That is true. So we get to the dance. We see a little. The couples start to, you know, dance together, and uh, and you know, Marissa and Ryan dance for a little bit. They they stand really far apart, and so there's this awkward moment where Marissa's like, you know, you can get a little bit closer. This isn't middle school or whatever, and so they mm-hmm. get together and they dance closer. They left, they left room for Jesus. They did, which you always should, kids. And so after after we kind of see that awkward moment, then we have uh, we have a beautiful moment between he just shows up like like it's like a wonderful celebrity cameo in Curb Your Enthusiasm where Tate Donovan just rolls up out of nowhere, impeccably dressed. His hair looks great and he is just so happy. He is an angel and he and Julie are just reminiscing about life and they're so happy that, that 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 Marissa and Ryan are dancing together, which again is so bizarre if you just jumped from season one to this episode that Julie is so happy. So I have a question about this. I thought about this that like obviously we know that Julie doesn't like DJ mm-hmm. and that she's pro Ryan now. Mm-hmm. But like I I guess I'm confused by Julie's motives because if you remember in season one, she wanted to just fucking ship Marissa off to a mental facility, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she seems like, and she just ships Caitlin off to a boarding school all the time. So she doesn't seem like the best mom. So I don't understand why she's so, like, like upset over the DJ thing. You know what I mean? Does that, like, make Mm -hmm. sense? Like, it doesn't seem like she really cares that much. I can't decide if she does really care about Marissa or not, I guess. I mean, it's tough. I I feel like it could have something to do with how who Marissa is dating affects her. Yeah, the status of your daughter dating the yard guy, I guess, would fall back on her And we s- And we see that, too, once DJ shows up, spoilers, for, I guess, So that was that was now. the other thing I was going to say, if we want to get to it, is, like, mm-hmm. we... And you can backtrack if you want, but, like, mm-hmm. eventually dj shows up and like the, the thing is like everyone in the room is looking around like oh my god the, he's my gardener the yard guy like everyone sees him and like uh-huh. note notices it but yet in the same literally in the same room julie and tate are just making out for a long time oh like, and it's pretty it's it, pretty much in the open and like no one sees it or says a word yeah, I, I love that moment, though, when um, where he grabs Julie and is like, oh, no, 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 no. 
when um that that was I mean I think that that I wrote down that that was Jimmy at his very best yeah. because uh Julie I she was embarrassed because she sees Marissa dancing with the yard guy she goes over to cause yeah. a scene and Jimmy grabs her and he's like what are you gonna do embarrass her in front of everyone like don't do this Julie. And then, you know, you can tell that in that moment, Julie respected Jimmy, too, for standing up to her and Mm -hmm. stopping her from falling to one of her more, um, like, base bad instincts. So I thought... I thought that was a special moment. And he he pretty much says without saying, Julie, you forget that you were basically the DJ in our relationship because my parents Mm -hmm. threatened to cut me off. And so I feel like... That reminder, I love that reminder because, first of all, it's Tate being an angel. You know, every kiss begins with Tate. But then it's also this whole situation where we're reminded that Julie is kind of a started from the bottom, now we're here situation, which helps put maybe why she is the way she is into perspective um, and makes it seem a little bit more reasonable that she really wants her daughter to have a better life than she did. Um, but so, so I'll. I'll backtrack a little bit just so I can get to the Seth stuff before we go to Lindsay's house. So Seth and Summer end up dancing um, for a little while. Yeah, great scene with Zach at the bait shop. So that's, I think that the bait shop. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so so Zach shows up the first time. Sees them dancing. Sees them dancing. Leaves. Yeah, makes all these weird references. And he's like, fine, I'm not going to stand in your way. And kind of does the reasonable thing that he should have done a while ago. And he leaves and goes to the bait shop. Great scene with Zach and Harry Styles' girl, girlfriend at the bait shop. Yes. Yeah, so so Harry Styles' girlfriend drops some serious knowledge. Uh, Zach has my favorite Zach line in the show, or one of them, where he just walks into the bar and says, one yoo please. And she puts it um, in a glass. Yeah, and she refers to it as chocolate soda. Chocolate soda. She goes, "Get it, put down your chocolate soda and go get you that girl. Yeah, yes. And he goes, yeah, I can take Seth Cohen. And she's like, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah, there's two of those moments that I brought up yeah. in the past with this show that are just so weird like i'm done having sex with julie cooper and and marissa asking Teresa, like what are you pregnant and like for zach to just be like (laughs) i could beat up seth cohen and it's just like why did he say that's so weird that you said that and it's especially it's especially at its worst in the next episode with uh seth ryan and sandy talking about caleb's case and uh oh my god yes that's the absolute worst of the whole series but we'll get to that it's so bad so, um, so Zach, last we see Zach, he is sprinting out of the bait shop going to get his lady love. Um, and before we get to the stunning So wait, are we to believe, hang on, I just want to say, are we to believe that the bait shop is just open for minors on days where they don't have concerts, that you can show up and have a Mountain Dew or a Yoo-Hoo? I, I, I guess so. I think we're, yeah, I, I guess really so. That's really weird, because mm-hmm. we didn't really have a place like that here. I don't think most, I don't think places like that really existed. No. I mean, we had like the rec room, we had bars that were like 18 and up clubs or bars but we didn't have a place where during the day you would just go and like hang out and like drink a fucking yoohoo <laughs> well i mean it's it, no. keep in mind it's also the same place where a 17 year old can be a bartender um so i feel like the able commission uh in california Do they even really... serve booze at the bait shop wouldn't that be we've never seen anyone I, I, have any i well, I, I see the bottles okay. i think i think i do yeah um, if they didn't it'd be a really fucking lame place yeah DZ Listen, I've seen zone. bands that I love play some pretty lame places, so if they can get the bookings. Wait, maybe it's... Well, I haven't been to Jones Assembly yet, but can't you go there and just, like, get food or drink? Oh, yeah. But that's not primarily not really. a concert venue. Oh, it's not? Okay. No, I saw Father I John it was. It's a great venue. 
But um, so mm. after DJ, I'm going to pivot to Ryan and Marissa and DJ. So after DJ shows up and they start dancing, we already kind of got through all of that. Ryan leaves because he has somewhere else to be. And that place is Lindsay's house. Lindsay walks out. I know. I know. She I can't is, wait for you. To, I've been waiting since I've seen this episode two hours ago for you to bring this up. I know this is very she, in your lane. She is wearing slippers with Freud on them, which she calls her Freudian slippers. And I <sighs> love it. And I had a note that I've I actually truncated the note. I'll tell you what it is now, but then I might tell you what it's it actually six was. paragraphs long. It used to be a hundred. Yes. So my note is I like to wear my Freudian slippers when I clean Chekhov's gun. And that's all that it was. So old Dylan is back briefly and new Dylan is now back. So we have this wonderful scene between Lindsay and Ryan, where at least according to Leslie, because she said this out loud when we were watching the episode, um, Ryan is really romantic um, to Lindsay and basically says, I, you know, I'm going to see you every day. And I don't like that. I don't like that thing from Ryan where he's like, I like you and I'm not, it basically says, he says something like, I really like you and I'm not going to give up. And she's saying, like, I mean, if she's saying no, I feel like you need to back off. Even if you know she doesn't mean it, you need to wait for her to come back to you. Instead of just being like, well, I'm going to keep fighting for you. It's like, nah, man, don't do that. Yeah, the only thing mm-hmm. that bothers me about that scene, because uh, I am I am contractually and emotionally obligated to agree with Leslie, and I do agree with her, that I thought it was incredibly romantic. But the thing that I hated is... But you can get first... Dylan's real thoughts when Leslie leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> she's always in the room in my heart though um so we get this line that makes me laugh out loud every time i hear it and every time i hear it described as this where marissa is described as the most intimidatingly beautiful girl in the history of high school was that you chelsea are they talking about you how intimidating you were oh i know right yeah. oh that's why thanks mom well, you and you and marissa cooper have more in common than just drinking too much I think. Oh, well, that happens. <laughs> yes, be mean to her. Yes, not. I'm mean. sorry, Chelsea. You didn't yeah, deserve that, Chelsea. I can take it. You didn't it. deserve that. I can Dylan take it. Dylan deserved that. You it's didn't deserve right. that. I really like to Tarzan shout before I throw furniture into pools. Also. <laughs> so I. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with with Ryan and with Lindsay, and so now we go back to the dance, and we're at the dance, and. Uh, we have Summer who's sitting outside. She can't leave because Ryan took the car, which great job. Seth playing, can't guys. leave because Ryan took the car. Summer can't leave because Marissa's making out with DJ. And I, th- but they all rode together. I think DJ was going to take Summer with Marissa. That, that's that's nice. the did I Mandela this or did Ryan give DJ his jacket and was like, you go be with Marissa. No, I, I have my girls no, at home. It, Dylan. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be like, no, I don't know where you oh. came up with that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. I don't like well, lying. Well, I just thought Ryan. that I thought that was a sweet I thought that was a sweet moment because um you know, Ryan is a genuinely good dude and he genuinely cares about Marissa and we see a lot of this next season when he and Marissa are apart, he still has a lot of just I in, invested in her well-being. So I think that was a really sweet see. thing of him to do. Yeah, planted dr- <laughs> planted drugs in the pocket, gave the coat to DJ called the police that's how you know but in my opinion and I, we're getting way big we're getting way big brain big picture here but like to me <laughs> seth and summer cannot stay apart without having the problems that they're having in this episode right like because they're like meant to be is i think what we're supposed to believe meanwhile yeah. ryan and marissa i feel like are capable of having 
very normal are capable of having good relationships outside of each other because maybe they're not meant to be maybe not but um but speaking of meant to be Wow, really went somewhere with that one, huh? I was I was thinking I was thinking in my head if I wanted to make a switchfoot reference, but did you notice that I didn't? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about because this is new. That's Dylan. You said just... that because for the season two promo, I'll never forget this. The season two promo of the OC on Fox, they used "Dare You to Move" as their song. <laughs> the show that made Orange County the place to be is about to make Thursday the night to watch. Coming this fall on Fox, we dare you to miss this I really like, I was shocked that they used that song, but they did. Anyway, continue. Um, Oh, God, I forgot. Before we get to the Zack Punch, I don't have a comic book minute this episode, but I have to tell you, and this is actually a Leslie point. Whenever he, uh, whenever Zack comes up and Seth and Summer are dancing and he starts saying, you're just like one of those couples, like Joni and Chachi. And and this is Luke and Leia. Mm -hmm. Like, dude. He's a comic book nerd, and you're telling me he did not realize that you don't make the Luke and Leia reference because they're siblings. But I will forgive it because he had an excellent exit line, which is where he just walks away. He goes, yeah, well, may the force be with you, and then just leaves. So that was a solid line. That was weird just because mm-hmm. you thought there was going to be a payoff to that, and there wasn't. Seth just goes, they're brother and sister, and he's just like, well, whatever, and leaves. And I was like, why did they write that for him to say that? Like, there's no yeah. point. Yeah, that's. Um, it was supposed to be funny. I thought it was funny. And Luke and Leia aren't known as one of those couples either. It's like, well, I think on, the point. Well, to Han Solo, they were though. Like Han Solo was insecure that, like, oh, you like Luke, and she's like, oh, no, no, he's my brother. So I think oh, Zach's the Han Solo in this situation. You just out Star Wars to me. There you go. Oh my gosh. How's that feel? I feel very. Husky. Chelsea's so checked out. She just is saying, they, like, "How's that feel?" As she like scrolls through her fucking TikTok. Full on, full on therapist <laughs> mode right now. Whatever. Chelsea like, got I, she I got she got what she needed from us. She got to tell us about her prom, and now she's just I like, know. "I'm gonna let them think that they're doing stuff." She's wearing her Freudian <laughs> well, slippers. I I just I screwed up because I'm in pajamas and I'm do like which I don't normally do. Well, actually, I do that a lot when we're on the podcast. <laughs> But I had to record from uh, the guest bedroom, so I just like being in my pajamas underneath a blanket. Chelsea's like, like asleep. In We're her, gonna hear snoring. It's gonna be a literal snoring. This is a bad idea. <laughs> well, Ryan, don't you pop from your bed every single time? I do now. Yeah, actually, yes. Well, now that I got my new setup, yeah. Well, we will hurry. I will hurry through the rest of this episode because Ryan we have another just one to do. It. I didn't watch it. Yeah, we Chelsea's have another one to do. It. This has been the longest one ever. It's okay, but I have really tight notes about it, so we're good. Nice. Okay, so uh, Zach comes back after getting the pep talk from Harry Styles' girlfriend, and he immediately decides that he is going to punch Seth. Yes. Seth, when he hits the ground, makes my favorite noise ever, so much so that I tried to isolate the audio to make it my ringtone. Um, Ryan, <laughs> I'm hoping that you can isolate it for this I'll podcast. Put it, so you I'll can put hear it, it right here. <laughs> oh, my God. He hits- but he, it's like he hits the ground and he goes, huh. Like, it's <laughs> it's such weird ADR. Just, like, listen to it. It's so weird. Wait, okay, Dylan, quickly. I know we're I know we're trying to push through this. But as as two men, I'm, I can't believe I'm talking to you and not Chelsea at this point. As two men who have uh, recently taken up boxing, mm-hmm. who have been doing some boxing, I would rate Zach's right hook, like, three out of ten. Yeah, it was not a good right hook. <laughs> It was um, he was like standing straight forward. He like barely he didn't twist his hips at all. Yeah, yeah. The a, a, the reason why he hurt his hand like he did is because a punch doesn't come from the arm. A punch comes from the legs from and the, the core. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so they're going to throw some back Chelsea. into it. We have Chelsea. Okay. So Chelsea's, Chelsea's soundboard at this point. Yeah. She's Chelsea's like, not uh-huh. even here. Yeah. We have an, we have an 808. I'm a, I'm a hype man. Press, I'm good at that. Balloon, 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 balloon therapy. Wow, man. That's a really great soundboard you got there. But, um, but so Seth hits the ground. Uh, Zach hurts his hand. And everyone goes back to um, the house. And by everyone, I specifically mean for purposes of this conversation, Ryan goes back and he is reading a book for class, um, presumably, because I don't think we really ever see him read except Cavalier and Clay in comic books. And Lindsay decides that she is going to show up because she thought about the incredibly romantic thing that he said. And so they're they're talking. He, he says something like really, really fun, like that was supposed to be perverted. Like, I know something we can do that doesn't involve a whole lot of talking. And they go and play video games, which I hate forced scenes like that, where it's like, look, she's just like one of the guys. She is cool. She's playing video games. She wasn't playing video games. Look at her finger placement. What are we doing here? But they still have time to kiss while they're doing that. So good for them. Very noisy kissing. The taco kissing. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was not on the, the soundboard. Face that that you made, the face that you made is so, yeah, it's so, ugh, okay. So, so while they're playing video games. Someone's going to screen cap this. It's going to haunt me forever. Enjoying, enjoying Just like life. your prom. Love. <laughs> She's going to be on a podcast 20 years from now talking about, and they isolated my kiss face. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrible. So, uh, so mommy, mommy dearest, Ms. Wheeler. Mm-hmm. I, I, I call her Ms. Wheeler because she's such a nice lady and she was in West Wing. So she shows up and not knowing that Lindsay is there, we have some like Shakespearean stuff going on right now. And Sandy goes, here, let's go talk in the back, in the backyard. And they start talking about the situation and Lindsay starts laughing as they're walking out of the pool house, she and Ryan. And they look over Sandy and and Ms. Wheeler. And there's this great scene where, where Lindsay goes, mom, and then there's just this slow zoom on Sandy as his eyes just get bigger and and the wheelers are turning and he realizes things have gotten a lot crazier than I thought. And that is the Snow Sea. This is a weird storyline for the OC, I felt. This is the first time that they were like, oh, this is going to like a weird place, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I just want to say that like the thing with Lindsay, it, it was so frustrating because... At the end of the last episode, they're talking. It seems like they're good, right? The beginning of this episode, he asks her out. She says no. And he's like, okay. And then she comes back to him and says, okay, just kidding. I'll go with you. And he's like, well, no, I can't. It's like, oh, okay. But then he leaves and goes to her house and then talks on the porch. And then she's just kind of like, I don't know. No. And he's like, okay. Then he goes home and then she comes over to his house. And she's like, okay. Won't they? Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's too much. Like, really, there's that much indecision. Like, I mean, they probably are like waffled whether they're going to date or not six times within an episode and a half. It's stupid. And it doesn't build tension. It just gets annoying. It's so good that Lindsay is a character that stays on this show um, for a long time and that all of this buildup is worth something. I do like Lindsay, the character. I do not like that part of her character, but I do like her more now than I used to, I think. The one final note that I have that I forgot to mention in this episode is that whenever Zach decides that he is going to go and, and confront uh, Summer and, um, and and Seth, he has a, a Luke-style turn in his truck where he oh, just yeah. out of nowhere... In the middle just, of the road just hits a Yui. 
So it made me miss our boy who would have made the snow sea so much more fun. Uh, Luke would have been drunk. Luke would have been drunk. And he Luke would Luke punch. would have seen Jimmy or I'm sorry Luke would have seen Tate and Julie making out and he would have like caused a scene about it I think he would have gone to listen to Bob Seger I think so too oh, yeah. that's what Luke would have done he would have he would have run up to the DJ booth and stolen the mic and then pumped the Seger it would have been awesome Absolutely. so for this next episode Chelsea is going to carry the proverbial water. Well, let me just say um, this. So that ends episode five. I will, Dylan, I'll handle this part of the podcast. Don't you worry. <laughs> that will get us into episode number six, the Chrismica that almost wasn't. The Chrismica that almost wasn't features Sandy Cohen on screen for eight minutes and eight seconds. Dylan, what else do we need to know about this episode? You, well, you need to know that this <laughs> Chelsea episode, left. She's <laughs> Chelsea left. She left. She's gone. This is her episode and she's gone. Well, I guess we'll be back next week, guys. Bye. <laughs> While 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 she is while she is making her, I'll be right back. I'll go to the bathroom. You, hey, turn off your headphones. No, leave them on. Oh. <laughs> Bonus content. We get a lot of money for this. <laughs> That's <laughs> get on our five dollar tier. Um, but anyway, so what you need to know about this is that it originally aired on December sixteenth, two thousand four, two days before my birthday, to six point three six million viewers, and it was written by fearless leader. Josh Schwartz, Chelsea. What do we need to know? I have to get. I have to get back in character now. Ooh. Yeah, character. Okay, Chelsea. Yeah, wow. that was a really good way of acting. Like everything I did before this moment was definitely not the real me. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we are talking about the Christmaca that almost wasn't, and I think it's a pretty important episode in the OC canon. Um, they reference it several times. Um, whenever, actually, whenever they are talking about how summer is secretly smart. Yeah, summer save. I remember they're like summer save Chrismica, like seasons down the yeah, line. Yeah, they were like, well, she did save Chrismica. Like we should have seen it coming. So I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of starts with Sandy, Caleb, and Renee at an impasse. Sandy knows what's going on, but he can't get either of them to come forward. And he's just stuck, and he's sick of it. He's like, you guys are like, there's a really easy way to solve this and not go to jail. But to both Caleb and Renee, that e- quote-unquote easy solution just isn't worth uh, worth it. Okay. So Sandy's kind of like, I'm done. Questions already. I don't understand this mm-hmm. storyline at all. Um, mm-hmm. There was a trust set up by Caleb by the Newport group that was paying to paying Renee basically child support, I guess, um, mm-hmm. or some sort of some. And so Sandy needed to investigate that because of something. <laughs> And Caleb was just like, no one, I care too much about my family, so no one can ever know the truth, so I'd rather just go to jail than tell them that I'm paying this woman that I got pregnant, I guess. Is that what's happening? Basically. I guess, well, and I'm a little bit confused just about, like, if if she's getting good child support from the quote-unquote richest man in Newport. Why is Lindsay driving that janky-ass car? Well, yeah, and then also, like, uh, you know, her mom has a good job at city council, supposedly, so I just don't understand why she, she, you know, she tells Ryan this sob story about how she's never liked the holidays because her mom can't afford presents. And I just like. <laughs> That's a great point. I don't know. It just, it didn't make, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know. That money could all, wait, could that money all be going into a thing that she doesn't get till she's like 18 or so? So that, that's what I was thinking because it doesn't seem like straight up child support. Because if it's going into a trust, a lot of time the trust is made up in the the child's name so it would be in Lindsay's name in this case meaning it's it's not child support because the name renee wheeler came up because that's where the money was going yeah so it makes me wonder if like 
maybe it's a situation where he's funnel like he's putting money in the trust but she's allowed to take out a certain portion of the money for child care related expenses i really don't know this has gotten so in the way what i'm saying what we're saying is that like ryan should have like stayed with Lindsay since he knew this info and knowing that she's gonna turn 18 and be rich as fuck yeah but my other question was when we meet Lindsay and the first time we meet her on not the first day of school, but whatever day she decided to show up, um, <laughs> it's who, who is Gardner? Cause her name's Lindsay Gardner. Her mom is Renee Wheeler. Her dad is Caleb Nickel. So who's the Gardner? That's a really, really good plot hole. I mean, oh. was maybe Renee married at another point? It's in weird time? also that they referred to DJ as the Gardner in the previous episode. Who are the gardeners? <laughs> uh, the gardeners. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, that is weird. Um, but uh, so Seth's in suit. Seth obviously really loves Chrismica. Um, his enthusiasm for it is endearing and on brand. Um, I actually thought it was pretty sweet that he invited Marissa and uh, Summer to uh, Chrismica. I mean, you kind of forget that they have a family connection. Like, not only are uh, is Jimmy close with Sandy and Kirsten, but Marissa's mom is quite literally married to Seth's grandpa. So it does make sense that she would be at his house on um, Christmas. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. Like, did you guys think about that? Because she was like, oh, my dad's out of town and my stepmonster's, like, you know, going to be zonked out on pain pill. Like, poor Sa- I mean, Summer... I think, you know, a lot of the reason why she grows into such an independent, like, um, smart, free-spirited person is because she kind of was forced into it at a young age. You know, she kind of had to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And we didn't mention this in the previous episode, but something that I really remembered from the previous episode is when Zach says, no, I'm not going to go to the dance. She doesn't ask Seth to go. Like, Seth just goes because he's br- they're brought together. But, like, she had a great line where she basically says, like, I would rather go by myself. And I was like, fuck yeah, Summer. Just go by yourself. I love it. Yeah. Get it, girl. Um, But later on, Lindsay, like, I referenced this earlier, but Lindsay is telling Ryan about her Christmas sob story. And I thought it was kind of cringe. Like, she was like we don't even get a Christmas tree. And just all I wanted Santa to bring me was a dad. And I know at that <laughs> point we were supposed to feel like bad for Lindsay for like not having a dad in her life. But like, really, I was just like, this is the most cliche, cheesy Christmas shit I've ever heard. It was so queso. Like it was necessary for the payoff. But like, what did you guys think about it? Did she really say all I wanted for Christmas was a dad? Cause I do not remember that. Yeah. She said, all I wanted for Christmas for was my dad. Oh my and he never came. I thought you were making a joke and that's why I laughed. I will briefly don't, we don't say need to, we don't need to get back into the trust. Okay, well, I was I was just going to offer some insight, but it's okay. Okay, fine. Say your thing. God. Uh, typically, money that um, you are paying pursuant to an, a, a child support agreement or something like that can only be used for specific things. It keeps people from like I don't know buying themselves a Lexus with the money that was intended for the child. Are you sure about that? I heard that song by Kanye, and he says that she was supposed to buy Tyco with the money, mm-hmm. but she went and got she lipo, got lipo with, the with the money. So. <laughs> yeah, that was fraud. Well, so that Kanye wins. I wouldn't put that past Renee Wheeler to commit fraud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's my. She's that's my proven word. herself to be a little dishonest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So early in this episode, they actually established that Alex, DJ, and Zach are all out of town with family. Yeah, it was real convenient. Sense- real convenient. They're like, uh, yeah, we I was the, like, we, we don't have room for these characters in this episode. Let's just—they're gone. Chekhov's yeah, vacation. Yeah, they're like, eh, they're going to add complexity. And the thing that I kind of just kind of bugged me about it is, like, Zach, obviously, like, with his family, that makes sense. And for DJ, it probably makes sense, too. But, like, the whole backstory on Alex was that her parents kicked her out of the house and as a 17-year-old. So, like, that doesn't make any sense that she was... She's got, she's got Harry for the holidays. 
Yeah, I I would totally <laughs> spend the holidays with Harry. So good for her. Yeah, it feels like jealousy. Um, more like jealousy on your part than anything. Hey, it's true. It's true. I'm trying to pay um, Chelsea back. I'm trying to pay Chelsea back for last week's episode. So, I'm being so much to her salt. Now. I deserved it. Meanwhile, <laughs> in adult world, I have successfully gaslit her. Okay. Like Jimmy and Julie are fully fucking. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad someone's saying it. I mean, they're 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 kind of. I mean, they're showing a lot for like primetime TV. Mm-hmm. But I just, I mean, it made me a little bit sad just because I wish that we got more of them being happy together in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, we didn't get that at all. The first we saw, we had one episode of them being happy together in the first season. I feel like, and that's it. I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm making maybe this is just too much for me. But the thing about this episode, I I feel like the cringiest thing that Seth does, almost the cringiest thing he does in the show, is this suggestion that he is going to come up with a Christmas Carol to the tune of a lack of color by Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. I feel like they're. I feel like that's Schwartz leaning really, really far into the Seth Cohen character so much so that he's becoming a parody of himself. That is literally if they did if like SNL did an actual parody of the OC, that's a line that they would absolutely say. Yeah. Um. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when um, so they obviously invite the girls to Christmas. Um, Sandy has absolutely no chill when he's telling them, like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like, he's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have Lindsay over. Like, her mom is, you know, witnessing the case. And they're kind of like, well, what does Lindsay have to do with that? Her, 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 her. <laughs> and uh, Seth is like, what, what is she, uh, Caleb's illegitimate or, you know, love child? Love, Ill- illegitimate love child. And it's like Sandy, like, drops his um, tongs. <laughs> And turns around and looks at him, and he's like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's the same, like I That's said. cringe. It's worse. It's the it's the most egregious moment of whatever that is that we saw with, I'm done having sex with Julie Cooper, and like, <laughs> what are you, like, and Marissa to ask Teresa, like, what are you, pregnant? Um, it's just yeah, so and, weird. and Zach going, I could take Seth Cohen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could beat up Seth Cohen. Uh, it's very strange. It's there's so many better ways I feel like to for them to find out. Like so, Sandy could just tell them. He could just be like, "Hey, no," because here's why. Like that would make more sense than them just randomly guessing it and then him acting like, "Oh yeah, you got it." Mm-hmm. It's like when someone like baits you to guess a secret and then you're like, "Oh," like everyone can see through that. Um, but the next day they have to uninvite the girls, which is ridiculous. You can't uninvite someone to a holiday. You can't uninvite people to things like really you can't to anything. uninvite people That's to just... things like prom. You can't uninvite yeah, people like to can't. be a co-host on the podcast. <laughs> um, so obviously doesn't work. Uh, Seth, Orion goes over to Lindsay's house and she gets so excited about this Christmaca celebration that she stays up all night making yarmulkes, which is adorable. I don't know though, Ryan. Are they kind of sacrilegious? I was going to ask you about no, that. No, I don't think they're sacrilegious at all. I had a yarmulkes. That's what I was going to say. Um, one of my friends made, after this episode aired, one of my friends made me a yarmulkes that I probably lost within the first day of having it, but I did have one at one point. How do, this is a dumb question, but how do yarmulke how do yarmulkes stay on your head? <laughs> Jewish just, corner, Ryan, help. <laughs> they just do. I, I mean, there's nothing too crazy. I mean, it's like there's, they're the claw. Is I there mean, like a bobby pin? <laughs> like, how does it stick? No, once you put it on, you'll realize that it just kind of sits there. 
like you can't do a lot like you can't like shake your head around or like, bend completely over it'll fall off but like it's not hard to keep a yarmulke <laughs> on your head under under chelsea's guess bald baldman never must never wear yarmulkes then they just stick it on it just stays that's amazing yeah. wow i was not expecting it's not that. as amazing as the power of yahweh we're gonna have a we're gonna have a bonus content where it's how much can Ryan headbang wearing his yamaclaws. <laughs> I've never worn a yamaka before. I have a lot of experience with other hats, but like it's not like it has a, a tight band that goes over your forehead and creates leverage to keep it there. It kind of just sits. Like wow, I have a lot of questions. Chelsea, I was not expecting this mini yamaka questions. I will come. I will come ready next next week. <laughs> Also, did you have a, did you have an outfit of the episode for the first the first episode? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're prom dresses. Just because I feel like they both encapsulated uh, the the time pretty well. It wasn't like, prom? You could tell you it was the it was a snow seat. Whatever the snow seat. So I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, teen magazines, you know, Cos- Cosmo Girl and Seventeen, they all had a special uh, prom edition that was basically just a vehicle for selling prom dress ads, and. Um, I remember looking through those. I remember, I think that one of them had like a weird brooch, which I had one of those also. It was a good moment. And the, those weird shoes that you get at David's Bridal and you dye them to match the exact color of your dress. I, I love that she's just like the weird brooch with the weird shoes and the weird yarmulke. <laughs> I also want to say that I that in case people forget that we're all from Oklahoma, um, Chelsea just reminded everyone by saying vehicle. <laughs> Vehicle? vehicle. You said you said vehicle, <laughs> like like a popsicle you drive in. <laughs> We're from Oklahoma, <laughs> guys. A brief, a brief, a brief aside. I'm sorry. It's it's. Oh my god. No 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 no. Like I made a I made a meme of Mayor Holt to promote the Nightgate Journal, and he just responded to my tweet and just said thanks. Anyway. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. So, uh, Lindsay is all excited about the Yama clauses, so Ryan obviously can't uninvite her. Uh, Seth goes to do the same thing with Summer, and Summer is like, oh, good, you're here. I need help uh, picking out a Christmas tree. And this is the only thing that annoys me when they say that on TV, when he's like, hey, I need to talk. And they're like, okay, but first I need to do this. Like, if someone approaches me and say we need to talk, I am going to be a ball of anxiety until I find out what I to talk about. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Like, What? So he goes to the uh, Christmas tree farm with her, and she's just like, uh, minty fresh flavor, full conical shape. Like, she has very high Christmas tree standards, which actually makes sense. And, uh, you know, her and Seth being who they are, of course, they would both be very particular about Christmas trees. Um, I did think it was kind of weird. Wasn't there, like, a moment with the the mistletoe? Did, did they kiss? Yeah, like, this was bizarre. That, like, she... She does one of the things where she just—he's trying to talk to her about the thing he needs to talk to her about, and she's just like, "By the way, it's so cool that you invited me to." This. It's by the way, it's so cool the thing that you want to talk to me about. The opposite, basically, is what she's doing. And then, before he even has a chance to respond, she's like, "By the way, we're standing under mistletoe," which is like so fucking weird for your ex-girlfriend to do. Um, yeah, and, and then, then she kisses him, him on the especially cheek. Especially one that you're actively trying to like move into a phase of friendship. I thought that was weird. And she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. Hey, it was only a kiss. Great point. Oh my god. Okay. Well, the next note I have is um, obviously they all go to the uh, Christmas gathering, and I said Jimmy and Julie sure are playing it fast and loose. Yeah. What the fuck? You know, they are kissing f- in the damn kitchen. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, kissing in the damn kitchen and OC rewatch podcast is not a bad title. Um, yeah, they are like full on just like in public, like they're making out in front of everyone at the high school dance. And now they're just in the kitchen knowing that every one of their family is there. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. We're just going to make out. They can't keep their hands off each other. Within 12 feet of them. Like, it makes no sense. They're, like, kissing. Kirsten walks in. But, of course, they, like, split apart. And Kirsten doesn't really notice anything because she's probably two bottles deep at that point. (laughs) But that becomes a plot point later in the season. Kirsten kind of, I feel like, is picking up on it, though. Like, she brought it up at the office. She's like, but you and Jimmy sure are spending a lot of time with each other lately. Oh, and then they have that funny line about her hair. She goes, she goes, you look a little frazzled and julie was like oh yeah you know i had to put my hair in a, a bun and she goes i said frazzled not frizzy mm-hmm. and then that the song jimmy's ringtone comes up like so that was kind of a funny a funny little kirsten's figured it out despite um, her drunkenness <laughs> yeah yeah totally the, the, this is just spider hollow leg <laughs> um. <laughs> we're learning so much important stuff on this educational podcast keeping up with the cohen's I love it. But anyways, we have the whole cast of characters at the house. Renee decides to drop in. She knocks on the door. She says, hey, I need to talk to Kirsten. Uh-oh, everyone. And it's kind of like, what a bad time, Renee. What do you, who do you think is going to be at the house at that moment? Huh? You just dropped your daughter yeah, off. But, okay, Christmas. so but like Renee and Lindsay had that weird scene that where Renee's dropping off Lindsay. And like Lindsay was kind of an asshole to her, I felt like. That when Renee is like her mom, it's Christmas. And your mom is saying like hang out with me stay with me. i don't want to be alone yeah. on christmas and you're just like nope i'm gonna go be with my new boyfriend basically see him yeah she's like i'm gonna be with a real family and do real christmas things yeah. that you have not been able to provide <laughs> bye, like i didn't really get that bye but yeah so renee goes and try kind of goes to talk to her so obviously now everyone's in the house it all comes to a head they have this big soap opera moment where they have to reveal what's going on it you know they're kind of like what's going on tell me everything and in this moment, Caleb, you know, it's like, who is he talking to in the, the moment? Because obviously he oh, the two main people who are going to be hurt by this situation are Kirsten and uh, Lindsay. Lindsay. So he basically, he looks at Kirsten, doesn't even look at Lindsay in the face. And he says, I made an error. A severe error in judgment. Like, I thought that was kind of fucked up. Like, Lindsay's probably the number one victim here. Yes. You mean the error in judgment herself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he called her an air. Like, what the fuck? But then that's followed by a double slap of Caleb, like Kirsten and Julie. Yeah, that was good. Like, this whole time, Caleb is talking a lot about Julie, and I was worried about Julie. And I'm like, Julie doesn't even seem that into you right now. Like, I just, that's another thing that I was talking about when I was like, why did Caleb even want to marry Julie? Like, it doesn't even, they're not even fond of each other. There's nothing that Julie can really offer to Caleb. Like, I just don't understand why they got married in the first place. And Julie even brings up to Tate that like, Caleb hasn't touched her in weeks. And I'm like, oh, God. Ugh. So what is the point of their union then? Uh, I don't know. Companionship for the elderly. <laughs> no, um, it. But <laughs> it's, it's so soap opera. Um, Julie's so mad she slaps him and leaves, storms away. Um, I don't know where Jimmy is, but obviously Jimmy and Julie go skip town. Yeah, I mean, they leave together to go to the boat, yeah. Yeah, like, we know what they're doing. Um, Kirsten throws a vase at Caleb and locks herself in the closet. I mean, Kirsten is gone full rampage. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming she's drunk a little bit. She's drinking. Probably. There was a sweet moment, like, she's kind of like, go away, and Sandy's like, go away, and, you know, Caleb is like, no, I need to talk to her, and Seth kind of steps up and is like, you know, tells him, like, Grandpa, you need to go home, mm. and we get so few moments of Seth 
actually like being a Doing good guy right and non self centered. So it, th- you know, moments like that stick out to me. Seth Cohen did nothing wrong. Um, but Kirsten's also understandably upset with Sandy for like sitting on this info, which she totally did. Yeah, Dylan, what's the move there? Do you tell your wife or do you keep it secret? Well, in a, in a traditional sense, um, you don't because it's it's privileged. However, we know how Sandy in the past has shown that he'll talk about cases and stuff like that, even Sandy if it is. been the rules. So it's, um, it's kind of surprising that he didn't tell her before this. Yeah, because the two other times where this ethical conundrum has come up, he has actually done the not very Sandy Cohen thing of bending the rules or breaking them completely. And so I would... I would I do think it's strange that he didn't tell Kirsten his only defense I guess could be that he didn't want to hurt her but I feel like you should never use that excuse because I think that it's the individual who could be hurt it's their decision whether or not they want to be hurt by it it's not your decision to make a moral call on their behalf if he had gotten Caleb because I feel like he wanted Caleb to tell her and that was kind of Sandy's plan I was like you need to tell Kirsten about this Mm mm-hmm which kind of makes sense. That does feel like it should be coming from him and not from Sandy. Yeah. So if, and he did, I guess he did get Caleb to tell her it just had to be in front of everybody and it kind of had to be forced out of him. But like, I'm wondering if he had gotten Caleb to tell her in a more, in a better setting with around less people, if she would still be mad at Sandy for knowing it and not telling her immediately, I guess. Yeah. I I also feel like at, at least with regard to her anger, I feel like no matter how it came out because Sandy knew about it, even if it was five minutes before Mm -hmm. she did, she would be upset. And it might be one of those situations where, and you'll just have to find out by watching more episodes of the OC that Kirsten kind of comes to realize that Sandy was trying to do the right thing. Um, But of course you can't do that if you getting drunk all the time, girl. Wow. So Ryan, Ryan goes to Lindsay and Lindsay's just like, and she's, she talks in this really, she goes full Anna. She got Anna Stern voice. voice. She goes. She goes. I just. I don't want to be around the Coens anymore. So I just. <laughs> wow. Like <laughs> I just can't be around the Coens. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but oh no! Or oh yes, Summer has a plan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a thing that we do now? Is Chelsea <laughs> drunk? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not it was, drunk, was that? A, it was a variation on uh oh, everyone. It's uh-huh. oh yeah. Oh yeah, everyone! I know, and I haven't even gotten to do my horns in a while. The I put Whoa, them. In, I put them in every episode. I know you don't listen, but they're in every episode. <laughs> they are. I listen to them. I just I like to do my little noise too. I think that makes it special. <laughs> uh, but anyways, she has a plan. Summer's like, I have a plan. We don't know what the plan is yet, but her and Marissa are in on it, so they're running around the rest of the episode getting this plan together. Okay, this plan involved them going to Tate's boat, and like, we need we need a generator and something else. Uh, Extension, extension cord. cord and he gives and that's a great it's a cool scene to see marissa interacting with her dad in a very normal setting because you know that julie can hear it julie's in the boat downstairs so one mm. it's like julie hears how marissa below deck and uh she can hear how marissa and tate are interacting in a way that like marissa never interacts with her in that way which has kind of has to suck but also um summer needs a generator and he gives her a generator that's literally like the size of a purse or like a tote bag it's so small. Like, we live in Oklahoma. We know generators yeah. are fucking massive. They're like the size of a car, almost. Mm, they sound like cars, too. Yeah. And, like, for her, she just, like, carry this generator off the boat. She's like, I got it. And she carries it off the boat. And I was like, that's not going to power a house. Let alone a vehicle. Also, why do they need the generator? Does Lindsay's house not have power? 
because they didn't want to go into the house and like surprise. They wanted to surprise her. But Lindsay was mm-hmm. at the beach. But they didn't know that, did they? I don't know. This is all weird. Okay. <laughs> Josh Schwartz. Um. So, uh. So the next scene is Ryan kind of has a really. He goes back to the house and he has this really awesome um scene with Kirsten. Like Seth and and uh, Sandy were unable to get her out of the closet, but somehow Ryan does. Trapped in the and closet. And he does so by reminding her about Lindsay. That was. That was a very good scene. It, it was really precious. And he basically says something like, you know, Lindsay just needs to know that the Coens are pretty good at taking in new members. Well, he says mm. he says a version of what you were saying was like, we need to realize that Lindsay is kind of the most affected person out of this. Like Kirsten is very affected, but Lindsay is kind of the most affected. So I know you're crying in the closet right now, but can we focus on her for a second? And, you know, then Kirsten kind of comes to her senses and she's like, she seems like a really great girl. Like, okay. Um, I just, it's so rare that, Ryan has more than just like grunting in his, uh, you know, lines in the show, but it's just nice to see Ryan and Seth being affectionate in any kind of way. Like they didn't even fucking hug after they saw each other from being apart for three months and they decided to go home together. So just at any time that they're somewhat connected with their um, like emotional intelligence is is a nice scene. I think I don't know. What do you guys think? Harry Styles of them to be so in touch with all aspects of their personality. Mm-hmm. Oh, Harry Styles. That is going to... God, I wish the listeners could see Chael's, Chelsea's face just like light up every time we mention his name. Every time we say Harry Styles, I get this really creepy smile on my face. I'll post it to the Instagram, but like... Uh-huh. It's it's like, you know that meme that went around that was like overly attached oh, yes. girlfriend? That's what you look like. Like, I'm making that face right now. I'm like... That's what it is. <laughs> Too much watermelon um, sugar. Watermelon sugar. Um, Seth finds Lindsay and has this really amazing conversation with her. Like, he tells her, he's like, well, basically you're a Cohen now. Um, and again, it's endearing for the same reasons. T- Seth has so few tender, caring moments. Like, I don't even think he has that many tender and caring moments with Summer. He does, but they're not, it's not like something we get every episode. So it still feels special he gives, when he, he gives does gives her the it. little stocking that says Laura. <laughs> But that's funny because she's not a Cohen, like, you know. Yeah. She's not related to Sandy, but whatever. That was cute. <laughs> but anyways, they um, he, he brings her out and their whole family's at the house. You know, Sandy and Kirsten and all the, the kids and Marissa and Summer had decorated her um, front yard for them with a tree and lights and presents and everything beautiful. So it's kind of that sweet Christmas heartwarming moment that we're looking for in a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. I have put christmas lights up in the past uh i've done my done my house mm-hmm. it takes a while it's not like a, a thing like just doing one string of lights can take a while they did yeah. the entire house and the trees not just the entire house like on the trim they did the entire house like every square mm-hmm. inch of this house had christmas lights and the trees and all the stuff in the yard and that would have taken three days i feel like what's well, a christmas miracle they did it in like an hour yeah Stringing Christmas lights sucks. Yes, yeah. I agree. Also, Marissa's, Marissa's like in the house, even though I think I said I didn't want to go in the house, but Marissa's in the house making food. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that. Does Marissa cook? I don't think I was ever aware that that was. She made something other than mac and cheese. Also, she's in she's in <laughs> a house, which is a huge deal. Marissa's found a home, yeah. a temporary mm-hmm. home. There, there, there are two very big things that happened. One is that she finally found a space that was small enough that she felt comfortable it in it. Enclosed, like she could patrol it. 
and um, yeah, it was like a box. It was. It was like her. It was like her cat box. Her litter box. And mm-hmm. and she made something other than mac and cheese. Yeah, it's it's it's. She a, made it's she a made latkes, which is great. Love a lot. Love yeah. a latke. I love him a lot. Oh my gosh, I got a cookbook today and I was really excited. It was this TikToker I followed named Jake Cohen and he made a book a cookbook called Jew ish. I'm offended by this. Ryan, I'll I'll keep you I'll keep you uh I'll keep you updated on anything I make from there. I can't believe he did do a whole chapter on yarmulkes and how they stay on your head. What what's what are the other <laughs> foods in, in Jew ish? There are some there's Kugel and there's Bobka's and Yes, there's lentil soup. Probably a lot of um, bread. There's matzo yeah, ball bread. soup. Matzo ball soup. Flatbread. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Unleavened. Yeah. Welcome to Jew Corner. We're back at it. There's, Yeah, it's going to be great. There are four Jew Corners in this house. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the episode. That crazy scene of them on the yard with, um, I mean, Kirsten's there, Sandy's there, Renee's there, um, Tate, Julie, and Caleb are not there. But they're having a fun Christmas time. And uh, once again, two, I want to say two years in a row, but two seasons in a row for this Christmas episode, Ron Sexsmith, maybe this Christmas, playing again. And it is my musical moment of the episode again for two Christmas episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. I completely support that because it also drowns out Seth trying to sing his Death Cab Christmas Carol. I'm assuming you watched it with captions like I did, where he says, like, Jesus has a beard, Moses has a beard, but that's the song. And it's like, this is so uh-huh. awkward. You can tell that they were just like improvise something and he just went for it. He he is the greatest, the great improviser of our generation. <laughs> Adam Brody. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, we're, we're left kind of. I guess the, the the vibe is that Ryan is more concerned about Lindsay as a person for the moment than he is about their romantic future. But we are left kind of hanging as far as like, what are they going to do with her now? Like, is she just going to be around? Are they going to date? I feel like maybe I'm weird for saying this. I feel like they could date and it would not be that weird. Yeah, it wouldn't be weird at all. I mean, she is her blood sister's. He is her blood sister's adopted son. But I just yeah, feel I mean, like it, so many weirder things have happened. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not. It just makes me think about a very Brady sequel. Whenever Greg and Marsha uh, found out that they might not actually be siblings. Oh my god! And and you know, I mean, was that weird? I mean, it kind of was weird. But uh, but but yeah, I don't know. Tune in to next week's Welcome a very to- Brady. We podcast. love the Brady bunch in this pod. <laughs> it's yeah, it's very like, Brady well, podcast. You know, RuPaul was in the the Brady bunch movies too. Yes, RuPaul was. Didn't RuPaul play the guidance counselor? Yeah. That, con- that convinced Jan to wear the Afro wig. I I don't remember exactly. I'm the new I Jan Brady. Bra- I was a Brady sequel person more than I was a very Brady movie. But doesn't doesn't like don't they eat doesn't eat the psychedelic mushrooms on accident or something like that? Oh yeah, from uh, Alice put him in the spaghetti. What is happening right now? Mm-hmm. It's a very Brady sequel where she gets really really high on his special mushrooms and then goes to bed in the refrigerator. Well, mm-hmm. we just. Oh wait, that's a Punky Brewster episode. Don't don't hide in the refrigerator. You'll get stuck and suffocate. I'm ready to and wrap this up. That's the moral of the story. Been, and this has been a very special episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Cohen's <laughs> Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> we made it. I, we somehow we've survived it. We did the two episodes. Imagine if we were still doing four. We'd be here for another two and a half hours probably. I, I know, can't believe that Ryan is the one that got the second vaccine today. And I'm the one holding yeah. shit together right now. Yeah, that's how bleak this has become. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that's it. We did the two episodes. I'm proud of us. We made it. 
um, we will we will all take our Adderall next week and be a little more yeah. <laughs> a little more put together. Uh, a little I, more focused. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what I, I'm assuming. Lindsay at some point goes away. I don't know if that happens next week or not. Um, mm. But yeah, if you want to talk to us for some reason, I don't know why you would after this. But if you do. You can email us, coenspod at gmail.com, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Chelsea's doing a wonderful job with the Instagram account. Look for a lot of Brady content coming this week. You can find us on Instagram at coenspod. I do want to say one thing, and I never, ever, ever plug anything else that I'm doing because I hate doing that. I'm censoring all of this. But... um, I uh, So I did a seven-part horror story called The Nightgate Journal, and today, well, today as of recording, I released it uh, for $1 on my Bandcamp. It's dylandierwin.bandcamp.com. Um, only made it a dollar because Bandcamp limits the number of free downloads per month, but um, if, uh, if, if you're into that kind of thing, all proceeds are going to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and so uh, give it a listen. Check it out. Um, I, I really appreciate it, and... Uh, we've managed to raise at least on pre-orders alone sixty dollars for the American Foundation um, of us for suicide prevention. So thank you all to those of you that bought it. It's David Holt approved. David Holt approved. Steve Holt. All right, gang. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye.